This is 96.7 on your FM dial. You're listening to CKLU. Well, you might be listening Thursdays at 6 o'clock. That's the traditional time that we broadcast. You might be listening to a podcast as well at any time that's convenient for you, asynchronous and, of course, non-terrestrial. My guest today, Dr. Shane Williams. Dr. Williams is in Bracebridge, Ontario. We're going to talk about nutrition. We're going to talk about lifestyle, I believe. We're going to talk about anything related to cardiology and internal health. Dr. Williams, thank you so much for being a guest today here with me, Hugh Cruzel, on Eat This, Drink That. Thanks for having me, Hugh, and I appreciate you uh, showing an interest in finding out what we're doing here in Muskoka to hopefully improve the health of our uh, patients and our community. Well, we, I think as, as a nation, we have become more aware of the importance of the fuel, the food, the quality of the food that we put in our bodies and what we do with our bodies. Is that true, do you think? I do. I do feel that is true, especially over the past uh, 12 to 18 months. And I mean, 12 months ago, with the change of the Canada Food Guide, was a, was a huge leadership position for, for the Canadian government to take to really start um, resonating what the what the science was really showing is that uh, medications for 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 medical conditions have a role but uh, but the science is showing more and more that that ignoring your nutrition but being on the right medications is a bit of a foolhardy and very incomplete approach Hmm. so you're very much into a holistic understanding of the patient uh, yeah, because just by by looking at the the lifestyle factors, which probably you know, as a global estimate overall, people often ask me, you know, how much do meds make a difference on conditions, both their uh, you know treatment and and reversal, and how much do how much does lifestyle factors make? And when we were in training, we were uh, I don't know, it was like I was trained on the East Coast where the diets are not so very good. But then I received a lot of training in Ontario and more training in uh, specifically in Ottawa and in Hamilton and very much fixated on the standard pharmaceutical approach to things, but but very much ignoring lifestyle. Um, I mean, Akala to Ottawa Heart Institute, they, they've, they've been very much leaders in Canadian uh, smoking cessation uh, sort of counseling which is hugely important in cardiac disease but but still really not largely emphasizing the real importance of diet so so we come out of medical school thinking that well diet you know medications does most of the heavy lifting for really turning disease around maybe 80 to 90 percent and maybe diet plays like five percent of a difference well i've come to discover after i uh stumbled across a copy of the China study back in 2010 and learning more about it and then incorporating these principles in my practice, I've, I've come to discover that it's not a 50-95 or a 10-90 flip, it's the other way around. I think medications will reduce your risk of bad things if you're on the right medications for a particular medical condition, you know, particularly vascular disease or diabetes, but, but the risk reduction are in the ranges of three to eight, five to nine, five to nine, five to ten percent. In terms of changing someone's lifestyle, mainly their nutrition, because that's the biggest factor of lifestyle, but also getting them exercise, getting them exercising, getting more mobile, focusing on how they manage stress and issues around sleep. You know, stuff that Dean Ornish has been doing at UCLA, you know, since the 80s. 
Um, when you look at that, the benefits there and the risk reductions are in the range anywhere from 45 up to 70% reduction in risk. Mm, that's so, incredible. So we, it is incredible, really, and, and the science is there. And so what's amazing is that major sort of blind spot of medicine to not really engage that area. And I think there's lots of reasons for why it's not. One is that it does take a different skill set than diagnosing and prescribing pills. And, you know, we tend to be sort of routed into a way and a certain personality gets into medicine. And, and often some physicians are very uncomfortable with behavioral interviewing and behavioral modification and so forth. That's just not their thing. They're more cerebral persons based on data and so forth. And that often doesn't translate in being able to effectively encourage and coach people to make lifestyle changes. And then there's other real issues in terms of uh, pharmaceutical companies being such a powerful uh, force that it actually even even directly or indirectly affects what gets taught in, in medical school. Well, Dr. Williams, so, don't you think a lot of us, though, still believe in the, the magic bullet, the magic pill, the silver bullet? I don't know what to call it, but it, it, is, it is the thing. You, you take one of these, you wake up in the morning and everything's you're good again. Yeah, exactly, because humans want to believe, like it's John McDougall, who's a leader in this plant-based nutrition stuff, who's an internal medicine specialist. So people love to hear good news about their bad habits. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and that's just human nature. You know, you want, to, you want to, if you've got one guy telling you that the solution is multiple parts, got a number of moving parts, going to take you to change how you look at things, might have to change how you eat, and, and it's going to take a number of things versus another person. So you just take this pill and I'll be better. You want to believe the simpler answer because uh, with less effort required, I think that's just human nature. Let's ask so, this. Uh, I've got to ask this question because Bracebridge would not necessarily show up on my radar as a place to be to influence mm, health. I, why Bracebridge? Yeah, I think. Well, it's just. It's just. This is where I landed. Um, in terms of, I did most of my medical training in Newfoundland at Memorial University and did my MD. I did a pharmacy degree beforehand uh, just because, you know, I guess I like school too much. And, uh, <laughs> and then went to medical school there and then did my fellowship in internal medicine there, which is sort of the baseline specialty from which all subspecialties then go on further for further training. And because there's no cardiology fellowship training program in, in Newfoundland, they have internal medicine, but then to study cardiology, you have to go off the island. So I, uh, I was able to secure a spot at Hamilton McMaster and finished my cardiology training there. Hmm. I did three years. And it was just a weekend trip. One weekend to decide to come to this place called Muskoka that me and my family took a, a trip one afternoon and we unfortunately decided Friday afternoon when the 400 uh, unknown busy. to me at that time was pretty <laughs> busy. So so I thought Hamilton to Muskoka was a, like a seven hour drive, but it is on Friday afternoon. And we came up here and it actually reminded me a lot of Newfoundland in terms of the rock, rock the trees, and water, and yes. kind of the right. ponds. And the ponds. And so, uh, so I looked around and said, I wonder if could I ever, you know, set up a medical practice here? Or there must be people, like, must be very competitive to get and work in a place like this because it's so pretty. And I realized, no, actually, they were screaming out for, for doctors to come work here. So Well, and, and, and I don't know from reading your about page, your, your web pages, mm -hmm. you're much more than a doctor. You're guiding people in, 
I, I don't want to use the word lifestyle, but that's the word I'm going to use here because I'm at a loss to mm -hmm. say otherwise. If you could change people's behavior there and, and do the things you're doing, I think you've got a global reach, uh, whether you know it or not. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to think we do, although I must say, I often get people say to me, you know, I've talked to, um, admittedly now, more and more family physicians and more and more specialists around Ontario and around Canada are acknowledging the important significance that lifestyle and diet has. In fact, we certainly have a Canadian contingent that's growing. We just, we just, I was just a proud uh, participant this past June at the Michener Institute at University of Toronto at the very first Canadian plant-based medical conference. And so that's, uh, that was attended by 300 uh, health uh, people and about uh, you know, a significant number of those, certainly over 100 of those were MDs. So uh, David Jenkins spoke there. I was in, uh, invited to speak. Um, uh, Sue Busganguli, a gastroenterologist at McMaster was speaking there and a number of other speakers. So, so it definitely is growing in Canada, the awareness, and then more resources for for patients who are interested in this area, and quite frankly, they really would be foolish not to be interested. Well, you're um, doing, if, I don't, if you don't mind me interrupting, I was just gonna say you're using yeah. different platforms to reach people as well, not just people having to pass through the doors of Williams Cardiology and Wellness Medical Center, they can meet you at grocery stores. Well, what we're doing is we actually do a, a small group counseling session with our with with patients and those involved with the clinic here in uh, you know a few times per week in a, in a small group session whereby generally maybe 12 to 15 people whereby we, I introduce a topic related to the plant-based nutrition concept and then allow them to ask questions and share their own journey through this process and I find the group work and the energy in the small groups has been extremely beneficial in helping keep people on track. And that's held at, that's, a, it's held at a local grocery store, isn't it? We do, we do cooking classes as well uh, for groups of people and, and we bring in chefs from generally the GTA or, or local chefs who learn about our plant-based cooking suggestions or our already established plant-based uh, uh, vegetarian cooking. We don't, we don't kind of like to use the V word because Vegetarian tends to have a certain type of eating pattern and there's subtypes of vegetarianism which some of them are healthy and some of them are not so healthy. Mm -hmm. For example, like lacto-vegetarians tend to allow to consume a lot of dairy and we certainly think getting your dairy consumption down or better yet eliminated would be a definite health benefit. So, so we stay away from vegan and vegetarian because there's a lot of political sort of baggage with those terms. We're, we're not animal rights activists, uh, even though if you eat more plants and have to kill and slaughter less animals, then less animals are going to suffer. So we definitely think that's a win-win. But our focus is mainly on educating patients of what's possible if they focus on their nutrition, in addition to being on the right meds. Uh, and by doing that, they, they get the benefits of their body's own ability to heal. And then the other thing is it allows us to use often much less medications, much fewer medications in much lower dosages to meet their assigned targets that we treat to in more conventional cardiology. For example, you know, our, our goal in somebody who has a vascular problem is to always have their LDL, their lousy cholesterol, less than 2 or 1.8. Well, 
if somebody doesn't eat well, I've got a number of people who even with high dose cholesterol meds, I can't get their LDL below two. Mm. But if they eat very well, the dose of statin, the cholesterol med required can be significantly reduced. I got people who came to me on 80 of Lipitor and cholesterols were still out of range and now they're on 10 milligrams of Lipitor and the cholesterol is way below target. So that's, that's the, the appeal to me as a physician who, who uses conventional medication, but, but combining it with optimal lifestyle messages and coaching people, uh, the benefits we can get are, are huge and the risk of side effects are much reduced, which I'm unfortunately all too aware of as an ex-pharmacist about uh, pharmaceuticals. And I know there are benefits, but I also know more than most physicians, there are harms. These lunch and learns are very important. You also have a supper club that, so really what you're doing in, in, in encouraging people is also to have fun with food, not to say to people, I'm, we're going to restrict what you have and, and don't smile about this and don't enjoy life. Your supper yes. club goes to restaurants throughout the Muskokas and, and features regional, seasonal, local cuisine. It does. And that, that was my uh, wife's idea, in fact, who, uh, who helped uh, help design some of these programs saying that, you know, in addition to your, your, your more stiff upper lip sort of educational component and targeting information, we also need to have more of a social component. And, and also, like you say, to uh, sort of display a number of these local uh, chefs and restaurants in the area who are opening up more and more to plant-based nutrition. And I must say, I, I you know, I guess we have to take some credit for helping to spread the message here, but then the other credit needs to go to a lot of the local chefs and restaurants who are saying, okay, well, I'll open our minds to that and trying to cook with less oil and use more plant-based recipes on our menu. And there's been a tremendous change over the past six years here in this region for more restaurants who are offering plant-based options on their menu. And some of them are still doing their regular chicken and fries and hamburgers and, and, and french fries, but, but on the same menu, they'll have a quinoa dish that's low in oil or, or whatever as a nod to, uh, you know, the people who want to eat more intelligently. And, uh, and also because, you know, as we educate more and more of these people, they're going out and making demands of their local restaurants and those intelligent restaurants are responding to that, to that, what that supply demand is in, you know, in, in, capitalism. So it's, it's really worked really, really well here. And of course, years ago, um, many of the, th- the dishes you're describing, well, quinoa for one, was uh, it tasted like cardboard in many cases. But I know that Ayurvedic medicine uses spices like turmeric. Are your patients also being guided or being offered those kind of options? We, we don't inform ourselves, and I don't really know a whole lot about Ayurvedic medicine, other than the general principles of it seem to me fairly solid and make a lot of sense. But in, in more and more plant-based uh, recipe and chefs who are, who are really, uh, you know, thinking outside the box and coming up with really tasty plant-based mm. recipes. And, and visually often, appealing. And visually appealing. It often does get into those areas of a lot of ethnic food with different spices. Like I say to people, I get people, of course, of all different levels of cooking, comfort, abilities, and so forth. If you want to eat plant-based and keep it dead simple, you can like eat rice and beans for most of the week, and some people don't mind eating the same thing over and over again or mixing it up a little bit. Like often men who are living on their own and they just got no time in the kitchen, or women who are living on their own and just hate cooking, 
are, you know, they, they can keep it super simple and still keep it healthy and plant-based. But the other, other alternatives, if you want to make it a little bit more exciting, more and more recipes are out there that involve spices and, and different textures that can, that can take food to a totally different level. And, and that's really one of our passions, too, is we know the data. We know that people can switch and can, and, and can modify their diets towards a plant-based diet. And we also know that people enjoy food, we enjoy food, and you need to be able to sit down and be able to enjoy food. And that's why the V word of vegetarianism and vegan, I don't know what happened in the 70s, but I think a lot of people were sort of force-fed roots and twigs and everything, and they <laughs> kind of, I don't know, have like PTSD over, oh my God, my uncle used to eat that way, and, and, and it was tasteless and it was gross. So we're, we're a new generation, uh, a bunch of you know young Turks trying to break that because because we we believe yes you got to enjoy your food and it's got to be scrumptious and filling and 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 so our a lot of our job is sometimes convincing people to well a meatless chili oh you, you can't have chili without meat well just just try one of these recipes that we have where we can cook you a chili with black beans that are ground up sort of the sort of the mimic uh, the textural ground beef yes. the texture. And, and we fed it to people, and, and they were saying, this is better than meat-based options. So that's what our goal is. Our goal is not to have people sat around saying, you can't enjoy your food, you need to eat this plastic wrapper and this piece of cardboard because, for heaven's sakes, it's good for you, and this is the way it is. No, no, we want to be able to, and we think we're fairly successful in showing them recipe options that keeps them excited and interested but also they're not eating themselves into an early premature death. And perhaps inspired as well. I think this supper club, we are social creatures. We want to we share are. we want to share food with others. I, I, I and we do. And we want to, the demonstration of what a chef can do. In many cases, we can replicate things now and I just want to go one step further. I see uh, Jamie Oliver has come up with a plant-based a fully plant-based recipe book is his most recent um, issue, and I, I do think there's a growing trend. I think there is. Yeah, really, I'm I'm very uh, buoyed up in excitement over the past 12 months, especially, and around the same time again was the change in the Canada Food Guide. So it couldn't have came at a, a better time, and I was um, I was very very pleased to see that direction by Health Canada to finally create a food guide that was based more on the science and de-emphasizing animal proteins, discouraging the consumption of so much meat and dairy and encouraging plant-based options and fruits and vegetables, just basic stuff. But it's very, very important that official government documents that ultimately set policies that determine what we're feeding our kids, what they're feeding foods and institutions, that has a major, major impact on millions of people. So you deal with the individual and include sometimes uh, medically supervised weight loss, but you also work with corporate groups or, or perhaps businesses where people uh, are gathered for work during the day and they also have a social nature to their, their you, you guide organizations. We've, we've done a few scenarios where we've gone into businesses and, uh, and, are, and are exploring how we might do that more because in some cases in Canada, some businesses do offset the costs of health insurance. And from the work done in the United States, I actually think that's going to be a large inroad and a large door towards pushing plant-based nutrition will be Many of these uh, corporate paid for 
uh, you know, health insurance companies in the United States because the data is very clear that that you can reduce incidence of heart attack, stroke, and many other not only highly causing much human suffering, but also very expensive conditions. So if you have a hundred employees in your U.S.-based company and and twelve of them have heart attacks, versus you get a bunch of those people eating better and you reduce the heart attack rate that year down to five heart attacks. Uh, those seven heart attacks cost somewhere between twenty to fifty thousand dollars each to treat, and those people are off for a certain period of time and are probably disabled afterwards. If you can prevent those heart attacks, which is the data has been shown can be done with plant-based nutrition changes, uh, that's a lot of money to be saved. So I think that's going to be a big area for corporate um, corporate savings, and therefore going into educate, being hired by the company because. They may pay us some money up front, but they'll save millions of dollars down the road. So, so I think how, that's a future route as well. How do we Xerox you? How do we photocopy you and send you across uh, representatives <laughs> of, of Shane Williams across the country sharing this message of, of wellness? Well, I think, you know, um, our goal for the next, uh, certainly the next uh, 12 calendar months, too, is to do some kind of a... a either a webinar system or some kind of a way to help scale our program to go across Canada, across the province, and, and something virtual internet-based, and to provide these classes in some sort of a, you know, webinar format so that more and more people, because we've been, we've been asked by many people over the years, hey, you know, this is a great program, we're so amazed and we're so inspired to eat better, and I'm getting my family switched over, and they're off their medications or reducing their meds or feeling so much better. This is a miracle. And and I wish, you know, my aunt from British Columbia or somebody I know in the United States just couldn't come to one of your classes. You know, you should do something online. So that's inspired us to begin creating an online program, which should be released over the next uh, few months. And, well, you, and do so have, like you, you do have some web presence. I mean, you've got we video do. on your web page. I mean, if you go to Williams Cardiology, there are introductory videos. There are, I, I actually think, even if somebody went to your webpage, uh, Dr. Williams, and, and saw what's going on, I'm not saying they could do echocardiograms or any of those things, but they could create their own lunch and learn series. They could create they their own supper club that features, um, as you mentioned, local chefs doing low oil and no meat plant-based recipes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, from the from the Canadian contingent of the medical people who are interested in plant-based nutrition, they have very flatteringly said, you know, we really like what you're doing in Bracebridge and I'm about to start my own program here or there or some place through Ontario. So so hopefully, you know, more people will see our program and improve on it and it'll inspire them to, to do similar similar things. You actually on your webpage have a request page if, if you'd like to have Dr. Williams come and speak at your event uh, or do an interview as we're doing right here. There is a, an opportunity for listeners to to make that request to do the outreach. I want to make the point too, Dr. Williams, that you are in Bracebridge. Somebody coming from Sault Ste. Marie to Toronto or Sudbury to Toronto, they could come and, and do one of your lunch and learns if they're on their way to another event. 
Well, generally, they need to be pre-scheduled. Yeah, I really, we, yes, right? I, I see that. There's there's quite a, a, there's a process, and you need to, it says yes. uh, there's no charge for certain things, but spots are limited, and registration is required. I'm not suggesting that people just drop in on Dr. Williams, but you, yeah. you do, you, your message could be, and probably is, much wider than just Bracebridge. I think so, and, you know, we've been... We've been honored, too, to have some people. We, I remember this particular couple uh, last summer drove from Ottawa every week. for. We do a six-week, one-hour-per-week, six-week series. Every week they drove from Ottawa to come and uh, attend our programs. And I'd be very nervous at the end of each session going, was this worth the trip? Yes, yes, we'll be back next week. So and we've had people come from Montreal. Certainly a lot of people come from Toronto, Mississauga, London. Uh, and a number of people from up north as well. So uh, it's it's certainly spreading, and, and it's very cool to see so many people taking their health seriously and do their homework and then come and discover where we are and uh, travel sometimes great distances to come in and uh, take control of their health. It's, mm. It inspires me, too, as a practitioner to realize that, you know, there's a lot of people very concerned about their health, and they're willing to go to the nth degree to, to go just beyond what their conventional doctor of take this pill or take that pill and realize lifestyle is a big, big factor that it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be sensible to ignore that component of, uh, of your health. Let's go to um, even a different level on this. People come, they, they learn about the, what they get the message. Do many of your patients go home and go, I want to build a garden where I can grow some of my own vegetables, or I already do that because of the the carbon miles that are involved. The, but not just that, it's growing different varieties that are available, that aren't available in grocery stores. It, they, they have done that, that's for sure. Even though there's a lot of great stuff available in grocery stores, but 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 there's nothing beats, as, as you'd know, there's nothing beat if you're eating fruits and vegetables, and depending on the season you're in, uh, being able to cook your own fruits and vegetables or, or, or grow your own fruits and vegetables even in greenhouses or in gardens in the summer here. The taste of something you pick from your own garden is, is so much more um, tasty and enjoyable and makes plant-based eating, brings that even to the next level. Mm. So, yeah, a lot of people have told us that that's a big issue. In terms of the carbon footprint issue, the other issue is, you know, um, we, we generally up front say to people, if you're interested in this idea, one is check out our website, williamscardiology.com, and then the other thing, we tend to get people as sort of uh, not required viewing, but suggested viewing, is to go and, and look at the documentary Forks Over Knives mm-hmm. on Netflix. Very important documentary about two of my mentors, Dr. Uh, T. Colin Campbell, a nutritional researcher at Cornell, and Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn from the Cleveland Clinic, two major giants in this field who have done amazing work. And the documentary outlines their work and their research. And uh, I think to inform people up front to realize this is a legitimate, scientifically backed program, and that'll, that'll get their wheels moving. And then later on, and I, I don't, again, go at this from an environmental priority, but as a side benefit, in addition to killing less animals and therefore having less animals suffer, the benefit too is, is, is plant-based foods are so much more efficient to create from the environment. So the environmental impact of factory farming and, 
and farming animals is extremely inefficient. The number of calories you have to put in one end of the system between feeds and water and chemicals to get a calorie of food out at the end is generally about uh, one-thirteenth of plant-based foods compared to animal-based foods because there's such loss of energy to try and raise animals and raise animal meat. So by eating more plant-based foods, you are, as another benefit, uh, having a much less carbon footprint or whatever term you want to use, much less production of greenhouse gases and much less destructive in the environment. That, so that, it's a win. It's a win-win-win, really. <laughs> Individual true. plant plant uh, or animal uh, less animal suffering plus plus less damage to the environment. You know, there's not that many things that are win-win-win like bicycles plant-based eating, you know, all those type of things which we really want people to learn more about. Well, and they can. I just want to remind the audience that Williams Cardiology and Wellness Clinic is located in Bracebridge, Ontario and offers a variety of individual and group counseling options ranging from one-on-one nutrition and lifestyle coaching to complete wellness workshops. I want to mention too, Dr. Williams, when you do a search, if you find uh, these keywords, caring for others, doing good, health, inspiring, learning, and willpower. Dr. Williams, I think we got a great sense of what you do at Williams Cardiology. Oh, thank you, Hugh, for uh, showcasing us here on your program. You're most welcome. This is 96.7 on your FM dial. If you've tuned in on Thursday at 6 o'clock, or you might be listening to non-terrestrial radio podcasts, just Google my name, Hugh Cruzel, and podcast. You'll find it there, or look to Spotify, Apple platforms, and Google platforms as well. I think there's about 12 of them out there. Anchor FM as well, folks. This has been a pleasure talking to Dr. Williams today here on Eat This, Drink That.